Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patra, joined by the patient Harris Kermani. Uh, we're here to break down this Monday, January 24th slate, four games on the docket. And yes, I said patient because Harris put up with my technical difficulties uh, for quite some time trying to get this thing going. But we're back. We're here, Harris. How are you doing, my friend? I'm uh, doing well. Can't say much about the Raptors. We uh, were down 34, almost made a comeback. It was pretty crazy. Got it down to four points with like a minute left, but then Anthony Simons iced it. But as far as the games are concerned, I mean, it's been a it's been a fun day. I'll be honest, I don't usually watch football, but my friends do. So I was watching the uh, the Bucks game there, and yeah, they almost uh, choked that, or the Rams almost choked that. So that was funny as heck to watch. Oh yeah. Well, speaking of choking, I just well, I guess I want to call it a choke. My, I told you I got my buddy in town right now, and he's a Laker fan, so he had the Laker game on, so we were watching that. Uh, and you know, I told him I was like, you know, the Lakers aren't winning this game. Not a chance that they win this game. Started pulling the lead back. It started getting closer and closer. And then before you know it, uh, he turned the game off. He was like, yeah, no, we're not even watching this. The rest of this, it's over already. And that's what happened. Uh, yeah, Lakers, uh, they're having a tough go at it this year, man. But it is what it is. You know, uh, maybe maybe with Davis back in the lineup, things will turn around a little bit. But I don't know, man. They need some depth. <laughs> yeah, straight up. I mean, they're blaming Westbrook for all of it. Now you're hearing about trades with Houston and all. Honestly, that's that's a downgrade, man. Why John Wall is not an upgrade to anything Westbrook does, and it's not going to solve their problems. So it's a much deeper issue than just trying to blame everything on the poor guy. Yeah, unless they're sending like Jay Sean Tate and, and, and like three useful bench players, I still don't know what difference is going to be. That, and that's what it comes down to. They thought, you know, oh, we have, we have a veteran bench. Yeah, that's exactly what you have. A bunch <laughs> of washed up veterans on your bench who can't, can't stay in a game. Uh, can't keep a lead close, and that's the problem. Once you take the stars out of the game, there goes your lead instantly, evaporated. But I mean, I could sit here and bash the Lakers all day long, just because I know maybe Santino is going to listen to this. He's a diehard Laker fan as well. But we got four games to jump into. Probably be a pretty short contest or a pretty short podcast here. Uh, so let's jump right into it. Quick shout out to Thrive, though. Come prop up with us over at Thrive Fantasy this NBA season. It is the number one daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you eliminate the countless hours of research. Focus only on top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 of 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under, based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most player props, rack up the most points, and win your share of the prize pool. Thrive has over 50000 in guaranteed prizes weekly for the NBA alone and has awarded over $6 million so far. Use promo code ETHOS when you sign up and receive a 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100. That is E-T-H-O-S, ETHOS. Download Thrive in the App Store, Play Store, or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. All right, Harris, we have the New York Knicks traveling to Cleveland, taking on the Cavaliers. Uh, looks like the Knicks are in the second half of a back-to-back. The Cavs will be without Laurie Marketing, Ricky Rubio, Colin Sexton. Rondo is questionable. Uh, and then RJ is in the G League. No injury report here yet for the Knicks. Let's see if they did. were kind enough to give us a game total. 203 game total, seven and a half point spread being favored to Cleveland. This is probably one of the lowest game totals I've seen all year. One of the few. Uh, I will pass it over to you. Talk about this Knicks team. Most likely, I would assume that Kemba Walker will be out. He was unavailable for Sunday's game, but going to have to keep our eye on that. But what are you looking at for this Knicks team? Yeah. And the major thing I'm looking at really is, uh, first of all, Mitchell Robinson's health. Uh, he had a pretty you know, 
bad ankle sprain and he wasn't able to come back on. Uh, he was listed questionable at the moment for tomorrow's game, but I have a feeling he may end up sitting out, in which case Nerlens Noel just becomes a key guy for me to be able to shove into every lineup. Uh, today, you know, got 26 minutes. You know, anytime he gets anywhere between 25 to 28 minutes, he's going to absolutely smash any price tag he has. And for him to be sitting at 4,200 gives you a great floor to be able to work with and move up. Now, as far as their main guys are concerned, I've, all, I've always said that I don't like taking R.J. Barrett and that stays. But frankly, the dude is playing well. He's getting his shots up. He got 24 attempts up in this game, even if he's not shooting all that well. The fact of the matter is they just run everything through him at this point. It's clear that uh, he's been the featured guy as far as the Knicks are concerned with the rest of their guard rotation up in flux. Julius Randle also having hot and cold games all the way through. It's been RJ Barrett that's been the consistent force for them. So while I don't particularly love the price tag at 7,600, I do think given the uh, smaller slate and the fact that there aren't that many spend-ups that I'm super interested in, just for the small forward eligibility, I'll probably find myself a good bit on RJ Barrett as well. And maybe I'll take a little bit of a, uh, a stab at, uh, at quickly. I just don't trust his minutes all that often. But, you know, if he gets hot, he can be a great GPP play on any night. Yeah, it feels like Julius Randle's throwing a fit every other game at this point. Uh, he's I don't think he's just happy with what his role in this offense is. And it feels like the... You know, the Knicks are kind of in, you know, let's get Barrett as much experience and usage as we possibly can mode. So I'm kind of with you. I, I'm, I, you heard me on the show, man. I never play RJ Barrett. I never feel comfortable playing RJ Barrett. Uh, but with one of these games feeling like it's going to just be a blowout, possibly even two of them, um, I think we have to have a little interest with him. But I'm right there with you with Nerlens Noel. I think he's going to be chalk, and I think it's for good reason at 4,200. I don't see a world where he doesn't hit that value if he's the only center available. Uh, and uh, maybe we see a little Taj Gibson, I guess, but not enough to scare me off. So I think it's going to be Barrett. I think it's going to be a little bit of quickly, like you said, and then a ton of New Orleans Noel. If you wanted to play Julius Randle, I wouldn't fault you, but this is an easy front court to go against nowadays. And at 9,700, I think there's better spend-ups on this slate that I, I just prefer to go to. Uh, on the Cleveland side of the ball, I mean, Garland. 9,300, getting the price tags increased. He's coming off of an absolute stinker. Uh, going against a Knicks defense that has been pretty pretty poor. I'm still going to have interest, even at this price tag, just simply because I don't like a lot of these point guards on the slate, man. So uh, I don't know about you. He's in my player pool, uh, just simply based on the point guards available. And even with that price tag, I think we got to have a little bit of interest. Uh, and then I don't mind looking at a guy like Chetty Osmond. Um, knowing that there's no marketing, they're going to have to probably play him significant minutes between him and Stevens at the three. I just like Seti's uh, upside a little bit more. I think he's a little bit more aggressive. So those are probably going to be my two primary targets. And then I wouldn't fault you if you wanted to look at either one of these guys in the front court between Mobley and Allen at the similar price tags. I prefer Allen over him ever so slightly, just a little bit more safe and uh, consistent. But you tell me, what are you looking at the front court? And are you paying that 9300 for Garland? Yeah, and in fact, I'm probably going completely the other side, just seeing how the Knicks in general have been playing against these quicker guards. We saw Reggie Jackson just absolutely go off today against them as well. It's just a huge problem they have. They don't have much size in the backcourt. None of them are particularly good defenders, and that's why they keep trying to shove Alec Burks in all these different lineups. But the fact of the matter is he can't be everywhere at once. And even if Garland didn't have the greatest game against OKC, it's all relative. He still dropped nearly 41 DK points in that. His floor has been absolutely secure. He had, uh, from the Utah game up till now, he's been somewhere in the high 40s as far as his averages are concerned, had four straight games of 50 plus. So I actually really like him as a spend up on this. And in games in which you have you know, smaller point totals, you'll often find that it's because the stars are just putting up that many 
that many shots to be able to get there. So Garland is definitely my player pool. Uh, you already spoke about Chetty Osman. 100%, he's probably going to find himself with more minutes and more shots, especially with Mark in and out now. So they're going to be running a little bit more of him in that uh, three spot. And Okoro is probably the other one who's going to get that same opportunity. Played 35 minutes in the last game as well. And for him, it's all about getting up those field goal attempts. Uh, he got six in the last game, which isn't amazing. And he's kind of been consistent there. But if he can get back to getting somewhere into that double-digit uh, double digit field goal attempts, I feel pretty happy with his uh, floor just based on the minutes that he plays. And he can always chip in with a number of blocks and steals. So it's just a matter of getting a couple more points from him. And you'll find that he'll hit his value as well. So looking into all those places, but Garland is a huge spend up for me. All right, we'll keep moving then. Next game, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Chicago Bulls traveling to OKC, taking on the Thunder. No injury report for the Bulls. Second half of the back-to-back for them. And then for OKC, Derek Favors is out. Uh, Theo Maladon, Pokoveski, and Paul Watson all in the G League. For a game total, we do not have one. This is the only game that we do not have one at the moment. So keep your eye on that. But I will pass it over to you. This Bulls team on the second half of the back-to-back. Looks like Vooch got a little banged up, stayed in the game in this one. Uh, we also know about Alex Caruso, Ball, and Levine. Seems like he could be back. I guess there's reports saying that there's a chance he could play on Monday. Uh, but just what are, you, what are you looking at, I guess, in terms of if Levine plays? I, I'm sure he's going to be limited regardless. Uh, but if he sits, who are we looking at? Yeah, I mean, if he sits, then... The rookie Ayo Dosunmu definitely becomes the key guy that I want to look at, uh, just purely because I never like paying up the amounts that DeRozan and Vucevic ask, even though they'll likely hit somewhere close to that. It's just a very fair price for them. Not too much upside. And otherwise, in most of these guys, Kobe White at 7,000, I've never really liked all that much in general. But yeah, it just comes back to rookie playing 40 minutes a game. Uh, consistently just getting into all these different rotations. And the fact is, he didn't have a great game today, uh, no doubt about it. He put up 13 DK points, but he played 40 minutes in that. And it just comes down to, if he's getting that kind of production, that kind of minutes, especially now with Caruso out for for the foreseeable future, he's going to need quite a lot more from him as far as his offense is concerned. So that's probably the main area I'll look at. Levine News, I'm actually going to keep out for because... Yes, he may. If he actually ends up playing, I have a feeling he may not be nearly as restricted as they otherwise think he would be because he's been getting his shots up. He's been looking pretty good in the uh, in the pregames that they've been showing. So I'll be interested to see if they do put out any sort of restrictions for him. If not, 8400 is probably a pretty good price tag for me to you know maybe have a little bit of a pivot. Other people are probably afraid of getting into him, but uh, a little bit of uh, a GPP exposure for him does give me a little bit of interest. Well, yeah, if we say that there's, there's no restrictions or even if he's on like a 30-minute restriction, if I see he's going to be playing in a, even 28 to 30, I'm all over him at that price tag for sure. Uh, if you know, Maybe you know a little bit more than me because I, I, I haven't seen too much on the side of you know he's been getting shots up and everything, so I'm going to go with you on this one. Uh, he's definitely in the player pool if, if he's even playing 28 to 30. I don't need him to play 35, 36. Uh, 20 to 30 at that price tag is more than enough for me. And then I'm with you, Dosumu, I think is the only other option I'm really looking at. I think the other two are just a little too priced up, especially if he does return. It's going to take a little hit to DeRozan's usage and everything like that. So I'm probably all set there. Uh, on the other side of the ball, I think Shea at 9K is a little too expensive. I prefer Garland over him, despite his back-to-back great performances. Uh, give me Garland, $300 more. I'm okay with that. I-, I can't play all these 9K guys, so I have to draw a line somewhere, and I think that's where I'm going to draw it. Uh, Giddy at 7,300, though, is the big question mark now. It's just tail of two takes with Giddy. I'll probably end up passing on him altogether um, and probably passing on this team altogether, to be honest. It's just 
whenever I'm not interested in Giddy and Shea, it gives me a little interest in Dort, but trying to get Dort right is next to impossible for me. So I'm going to slide it over to you. Is this a Dort game? <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine, but I had them in the same thing. I wasn't going to really end up playing them just because, as I said, I don't really like I don't really like the uh, Chicago side all that much as far as their side's concerned. I don't think this will be a super high-scoring game either in that sense. So I'll probably end up uh, maybe having a little bit of shade just if I want to pivot away from Garland, but that's going to be the vast majority of my exposure the other way. And if that's the case, then, well, OKC just better hope they don't uh, give me that giddy game because I keep calling him on different days and he usually does all right for me, but I'm going to avoid him here and knowing that he'll probably end up drawing, dropping 50 on me and then you know, someone's going to say something to me. <laughs> it's bound to happen, man. You're always going to hear something from someone. All right, we'll keep it moving. Third game of the night. 8 p.m. game as well. Pacers traveling to New Orleans, taking on the Pelicans for the Pacers. Brogdon is going to be out. They said, I think, the next 10 days or so. This dude just can't seem to stay healthy. Just give him as much time as you need, I guess, at this point. Uh, Karis LeVert is a game-time decision. T.J. McConnell, Demonis Sabonis, Miles Turner, T.J. Warren, all ruled out. And for the Pelicans, Devontae Graham is questionable. Brandon Ingram has been ruled out. Kira Lewis Jr., Didi, Najee Marshall, Trey Murphy, Zion all out as well. This game looks like it is coming in right now at a 214.5 game total. New Orleans favored by one point. I will pass it over to you. Some of these Pacers are starting to get a little priced up. But if Levert sits again, I mean, we have to play some of them. So which guys are you looking at? Yeah, I agree completely, and uh, was looking at that point spread as well. I expect this to be the most competitive of the matches, just given the fact that uh, you'll see in the Utah-Phoenix game that they're a bit beleaguered as well. So from the Indiana side, definitely can just go back to the well as far as Duarte is concerned. 6400 great price tag for a guy who's going to be playing 30-plus minutes. He's going to be getting in the high teens as far as his field goal attempts are concerned, and just totally involved in the offense. Given all of that, his floor is pretty well secure. I mean, we've kind of seen... Even on games that he's off, he's still getting into the high 20s as far as DK points is concerned, which, you know, if that happens, it doesn't absolutely kill you given the fact that he's a mid-tier pick. So I'm very happy to be able to go ahead with him. Uh, the other kind of other side of it, I mean, Bitadze, first of all, 6200 I think is a very fair price tag for him. I think he's got that uh, floor of low 30s pretty well secure as well. So if you're kind of moving away from some of these other center options there, you don't want to pay up for, let's say, a Valanchunas coming up or a Gobert coming up, then I think he's a great pivot to be able to go back that way. But the value that I'm really interested in is with Jeremy Lamb. We're seeing that he's getting his minutes up. It was just a matter of him getting his confidence going. He was always going to be one of the better shooters as far as the team is concerned. And frankly, they need him to be able to get any sort of offense going. The last two games, 26 and 29 DK points, his minutes have gone up, played 28 in the last one. And I feel we're going to see him around that same mark, or at least as far as Levert is out. So obviously we wait for that news. If he's not, then uh, Lamb is definitely right there in for me. Probably one of my favorite value plays on the night. Absolutely. You said it perfectly. I think Duarte Goga is going to be a must play for me. Uh, I think it's just it, you have the center value when you look at and I do consider Goga value at 6,200 if he's playing 35 minutes a night. Uh, you have Goga and then you have we talked about Nerlens Noel. There's a ton of value on a four game slate, which is insane. It's not something that we say very often. Uh, Duarte pairing with them or Lamb. I, I don't know if I want to get three patients in my lineup. I think two is where I'll draw the line. So depending on what your builds look like and. You know, based on the eligibility and how much money you have left to spend, you can go down from Duarte straight to Lamb if we see it Levert's out. If Levert's in, I'll probably lean more Duarte, but I'm right there with you with everything you said, and I wouldn't even mind throwing in uh, a lineup or two with Torrey Craig. As long as this guy's going to play 30-plus minutes, he's got that consistent floor. It looks like he at least 20 DK points. We've seen the ceiling of 30, so this is a good matchup for him. No Brandon Ingram. 
Uh, I'm all for it. I mean, I'm going to have probably a good amount of Pacers shares just split amongst a bunch of lineups, but Goga's going to be in the majority of them for sure. Uh, on the Pelican side of things, for everything I just said about wanting to play those two centers, it feels like this could be a Joe Val smash bot. You know, 8,300 is too cheap for him. Uh, if if I'm not having Nerlens, and Nerlens would probably be the guy that I end up leaving off the table, uh, if anything, just simply because we have other value in that range. We've already talked about several guys, whether it's uh, Seti Osmond, some of these Pacers guys. I mean, if Devontae Graham, he ended up playing in that last game with that injured ankle. Uh, he's still dealing with ankle soreness. They could opt to rest him. If that's the case, then we have the Jose Alvarado. Uh, great value that in which he could be if he's this guy gets 30 minutes he's a smash value that you're just locking in there so you could play him even if Graham plays but obviously if Graham sits lock him in don't think twice about it uh, and then I think Josh Hart all the way up to 7400 with no Brandon Ingram we have to look at him but he's not a must play it by any means at that price tag if anything I think going down to a guy like Herb Jones uh, feels a little bit safer at 4700 he's just a guy that we've seen kind of pick up more offense any game that Ingram sits uh, the only single-digit shot attempts in the last you know, five games or so, but it, this wouldn't surprise me if this is a double-digit shot attempt game. So I think Joe Val, keep your eye on that Devontae Graham news in terms of Alvarado, and then Herb Jones tend to be probably my favorite targets on this slate uh, around this game. But you tell me, are you going to throw in some like Nikhil Alexander-Walker just switch it up at low ownership, or you probably stick with those guys as well? Yeah, I think given uh, Brendan Ingram being out, Herb Jones is probably the main guy that I'll be going for here if I don't have a lineup in which I go with JV. It just is working out that way, especially with the uh, power forward eligibility as far as Herb Jones is concerned. As you said, I think the floor is incredibly secure with him as well. Hasn't had a game worse than 23 DK points in his last four, which right then and there pretty much pays off his price tag anyways. So I think it's a pretty fair uh, place to be able to go and as you said there's just so much value available on the slate especially at uh, some of the guard positions that we could probably look to spend up on someone like a Valanchunas so it's just how it ends up working out with your lineup build we know Valanchunas has the upside to be able to drop a 50 point game and any sort of matchup that stays even halfway close the point spread on this one is incredibly tight and given the fact that Indiana is pretty much only running with Butatze at the front they're definitely going to struggle handling the size and strength of Valanchunas. So it's at a great spot for him to uh, absolutely go off. And, you know, given the right things, he could end up being the highest as far as raw points are concerned at the end of the night. So don't sleep on Valanchunas for that 8,300. Maybe spend, uh, save up elsewhere. Absolutely. Final game of the night, Utah Jazz traveling to Phoenix. Uh, the Jazz on the second half of the back-to-back. Uh, Donovan Mitchell dealing with the concussion protocol. And also, would it shock me if Conley has to sit this one out due to a back-to-back? we got to wait and see on that. We've seen them kind of be extra cautious with Conley on back-to-backs. I think he played like one or two so far this season, but he's definitely sat at a few of them. Now, Donovan Mitchell sitting out due to the concussion protocol might change their tune on things ever so slightly. Uh, but as of right now, this game's coming in as a seven-point spread, two, 22-and-a-half game total, so... Seven-point spread maybe has me thinking that he does end up playing. Um, But keep your eye on it. And then for the Suns, uh, DeAndre Ayton is doubtful. Jay Crowder, Frank Kaminsky, Abdul Nader, Campaign, and Dario Saric have all been ruled out. I'll pass it over to you. Give me your take on this Utah team. We're starting to see some of these options get priced up a little bit. Uh, Are they priced out of the point where you're considering them in a tough Phoenix matchup? Fair enough. Yeah, I I wouldn't say they're necessarily priced out, but in general, I don't enjoy taking people against Phoenix at home. Phoenix just has 
the capability to be able to take over any of those games and blow them out pretty quickly, which ends up making it so that someone like a Gobert or a Bogdanovich or a Clarkson don't play the kind of minutes uh, we'd need to be able to get them to their level, given that they're in the high 6,000s now. I'd say Bogdanovich, I actually like a little bit more than Clarkson, just given the fact that he's likely going to be the leading shot taker on this team. We saw in that Houston game, he went all the way up to 27 field goal attempts. I don't necessarily expect him to go and put up that many, but somewhere in the high teens is very much expected for a guy who's probably the uh, first option as far as pure shot making is concerned. Obviously, Clarkson will also get his usage. He's going to come off the bench or maybe he even ends up starting depending on how things work. But I think they'll end up just keeping Ingles there and keep uh, Clarkson coming off the bench. But between those two, I like them both more than I like Mike Conley. In general, I think Mike Conley, while he's been solid, I think that price tag is probably pretty fair for him. And for him to get a $1,000 price bump after his last game, it's probably a little more than I'm willing to pay. And Gobert, I'll be honest, at 9200 he's obviously a great spot to be able to do well if he plays the minutes. But I just have a feeling this game isn't going to be as close as I expect it to be at uh, Phoenix at home. And uh, the way it's working out for me now, I'd much rather take Valanciunas or I'd much rather go with some of the uh, potential value options as far as Norland's Noel is concerned, Vitatze is concerned. Heck, even on the uh, Phoenix side, looking at the uh, Biombo slash McGee combo, one of those could be more interesting to me as well, rather than hoping that Gobert wins and drops a 50 for you. That was a nice rhyme, the Biombo slash McGee combo. Uh, I'm right there with you, man. I think that this this Utah team is just it's for me. I'm I don't even see myself landing on too much Bogdanovich. I think the shot attempts will be there. I I definitely worry about this game though, as far as a spread and everything is concerned. It's seven and a half feels a little a little light, especially if we got that Conley news. Then yeah, I'm probably gonna stay away from this this side of the ball completely. Um, outside of maybe you know a Joe Ingles at five K, but now he's priced up to the point where. In a tough matchup, there's no guaranteed value. When he's in the low fours and we see that Mitchell's out, I'm all over it. But at this point, it's it's getting a little up there. So I'm not in love with anybody here. And on the other side of the ball, I'm not really going to be spending up on Paul or Booker. I think both of them are a little bit too overpriced. I think a lot of the guards in general on the slate are a little bit too overpriced. I don't mind looking at the Biombo slash McGee combo. <laughs> I like saying that now. It just kind of rolls off the tongue. <laughs> but, uh, you know. I don't think either one of them are must plays by any means necessary. They're both priced over Noel at this point where I think just safer just to go with Noel. I think they make for both great pivots for if you want to go there. Uh, and if anything, I'd probably rather lean Biombo just simply because the minutes have been drifting his way a little bit, especially if the game gets out of hand where I think he'd be the guy that they end up seeing play a little bit more. Uh, would even shock me if we see a little bit of Jalen Smith. The one guy I do think I could see myself having a little bit of would be Cam Johnson at 3,900. I think he's a little too cheap. And if this game does get out of hand, it stays close, regardless of what happens, uh, he's going to play uh, no matter what. So he's the one guy I could see myself having some ownership in outside of the, the combo of centers that we talked about, which I do prefer Biombo ever so slightly. Yeah, no, I think you've said everything exactly. It's uh, Booker and Chris Paul just I just don't trust them to play the minutes to be able to do it, especially given the fact that Phoenix just recently played a game and they just have in a, in a game where Chris Paul had to play 41 minutes, Devin Booker, who had you know one of his greatest stinkers, five of 23 still played 39 minutes there as well. I just think they're going to be looking to kind of stagger them a little bit, get a couple of minutes out of there and hopefully wrap this game up within three quarters. So by and large, uh, Biombo is probably the one I like more over McGee, just not just necessarily because of the minutes, but also he's the one who can really hunt after boards and get that number up pretty quickly to be able to go and pay off his value. So he's my preferred center out of the two. But again, if uh, we hear the news for sure that Mitchell Robinson's out, Nerlens Noel is going to take the vast majority of that ownership. And if I'm going the other way, then I'm probably playing Valanciunas instead. So 
in general, I think I might be fading this game at my own peril, but let's see how it goes. Hey, listen, I don't, can't fault you. It never feels good when you're fading the late game hammer, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Uh, all right, man, let's get to our player tier segment. Your spend up option on this slate. Hit me with it. Yeah, I think I'm going to stick with my gut as far as Darius Garland's concerned. I just think it's a great matchup in terms of how the Knicks have been defending opposing guards, especially shifty quick ones. Uh, in a low-scoring game, as I said, I think he's going to get tons of shot attempts. It's going to be kept relatively close, just given the fact that it is uh, Cleveland a little bit down as far as their offense is concerned. So we'll see how it goes. 9,300. I think his floor is very safe. The 50-point upside is always there. Give me some Garland. I will lean with Joe Val then, my friend. I think we're both on both those guys. Uh, I think those are probably going to be my two highest-owned spend-ups. I think they're both in great spots. Uh, I don't love Garland's price. Well, I love Joe Val's, but I think you can't go wrong with either one of them, uh, especially because we're going to have some money to spend on this slate. So your mid-tier option now, who are you going with? Yeah, and with the assumption that Levert is most likely still out, he's always been a bit of a slow recover. I'm going to say Chris Duarte remains my uh, favorite guy to go back to the well. As far as the mid-tier is concerned, just... Purely from his usage perspective, that's small forward eligibility again. It's nice to be able to have a point guard guy go up there. And with his upside, he's been kind of alternating half mediocre games with 40 plus games. And he's on that heater to drop another 40 plus. So might as well take the train and ride it. I will go with his counterpart in Goga Batatze, uh, 62. I think that's just too cheap for this guy's playing 35 minutes. I mean, he's got a very unique skill set. Uh, big that can stretch out the you know, to three has no problem getting some blocks and steals in there as well. Should be able to grab every rebound knowing that they're playing fairly small with Craig at the four fair amount of time. So yeah, center galore on this slate, man. And, you know, I know I mentioned Jared Allen earlier in this slate, but the more that we've talked about this, the more we break it down, Mobley will probably end up being my higher owned guy just simply because I can slot him in at the forward position. But thought I might throw that in there at the end because, you know, I almost went with Mobley at the mid tier, just simply based on forward eligibility. But Batadze, I think point per dollar is a much better play. So uh, we will go to the value now. Give me your favorite value play. Lots of yeah. them. So yeah. yeah, and I feel like uh, being stuck on this Indiana side is just something that just naturally is working out for me. And I think Jeremy Lamb at 4,000 is just a guy I've been finding myself leaning towards just purely from watching and having him get more opportunities. Just his minutes have gone up as his health has gone up. 28 minutes last game, I expect him to be around that same point, which gives him a very safe floor somewhere in the low 20s, which is paid off right there. And you can get another game in which he gets hot from outside. You can easily see a 30-40 night coming out from him as well. All right. Well, I'm going to give a caveat because if uh, if we do see Alvarado starts with Graham out, absolutely lock him in there, no doubt about it. But uh, either with, you know, regardless of the news, I think we have plenty of other options that we could talk about. Uh, I like Herb Jones at 47. I think that's probably the guy I'm going to lean with. I think Chetty is a good option as well, but Herb Jones, I think is just much safer. We've already talked about a few of the options that we wanted to play over there uh, on that, you know, Cleveland side of the ball where we don't necessarily want to go and play, you know, Mobley and Garland and Chetty. I think playing two out of the three makes sense. I don't think playing three out of three makes sense. So I will go with Herb Jones, kind of spread out some Pelicans love. Uh, like you said, he makes a good pivot if you're going to go with Noel and you know, Goga instead of Joe Val. Uh, still get some you know interest and a little bit of ownership in that front court. But there's so many different combinations, man, where I'm going to be mixing a match. And this is going to be a real fun four-game slate for us. But all right, that takes to the, the ever so ugly Thrive Fantasy options that we have on tonight's slate, man. I, you know, they are a sponsor, but I do have to be truthful in saying this is not a very fun Thrive night on our uh, on our docket 
I think we're probably both looking at the same kind of pick, so I'll let you go first. <laughs> go ahead and yeah. say Jonas, go Val. <laughs> All right, yeah, just for that, I am not going to say that one. I do think there's a, a couple of decent options on here, but I think Chris Paul under on his 28.5 is something that I've been just leaning towards given I just don't think it's going to be that close of a game. I think they're going to look to go ahead and rest him. If he plays anything less than 30 minutes, he's likely not putting up uh, that kind of raw, you know, points or rebounds so it's really just his assist to be able to get him there and he needs to play 30 something minutes to get that so feel pretty decent about that but as you said it's not something i would uh be like gun to my head yes i believe this is happening every time just feel okay with it yeah then i'll, I'll go with the joval because i that, that's the other one i was going to pick if you pick joval uh, i think both those guys are solid options i mean you could look at the DeRozan over possibly if we see that levine does sit uh, I mean, there's some easy ones, obviously, but, you know, trying to target the ones that I think we're getting the best bang for our buck with, there's not too many great bang for the buck options on this slate. So that is it. That brings us home. That is the entire four game slate. 28 minutes down. Give us a follow on Twitter at Michael Patria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You can find Harris at H-A-K underscore devil. That is H-A-K underscore D-E-V-I-L. Where you can see him tweeting out every time the Raptors lose or win. Uh, I have to throw a little jab at I haven't checked the, the Mavericks score yet, but I have a feeling. Kristaps yeah, is having a great game other than those turnovers, but who knows where we're at right now. I haven't checked it in 30 minutes. Uh, and then we will be back tomorrow, as always, guys. It'll be Santino. It will be DJ Sammy Caps. I'll be breaking down that Tuesday slate for you. Go give us a thumbs up, five-star rate, review, subscribe, wherever you're listening, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple. I said iTunes. Apple is what it is, man. I'll get that down one of these days, but. Anything else you want to leave us on before we get out of here, my friend? No, but I will give you the good news that the Mavs are up 16, and I'll allow Kristaps uh, to do this because he's winning me a couple of leagues and was just rug pulling out with six blocks right now, which is absolutely insane. <laughs> Let's see if he can go ahead and finish it off. He's got zero turnovers, actually. He could get a triple oh, so double with the blocks. Wrong stat. I looked at the wrong stat line. It was six. <laughs> That's a good time to be wrong, my friend. Uh, I looked because I, I I don't know. In our fantasy league, Harris, you're in it with me. I was, it's uh, a, I'm in a very tight one right now. I'm in a very tight one. I don't know if I'm pulling it out. It's not looking uh, great for me. I've, I've given up honestly too way too many injuries to all my main guys and it's not like i can make enough moves to get out there so yeah, i'm sitting in second i'm gonna drop this week and then at this point i've got Zach levine out lonzo ball out marketing out lillard out turner out beverly is out today too it's just it's it's over it's not gonna happen for me this season so i'm just gonna try and do what i can on the waiver and uh, see who i can uh, light up the fire sale my friend yeah uh, pretty much light up the fire sale uh, listen, Cole Anthony's still out there. I get he's had some stinkers <laughs> in a row, man. He's ready to be traded anytime you want him. Just let me know. He's there for you. Take it. Uh, no, in all seriousness, I, I think he'll be all right. I think we're both probably the same. I started off great, and now I've been cooling off. You know, you're, you're, This is your cool-off period. Uh, we'll both be in playoffs. I have a good feeling about it. But six turnovers to six blocks. Wow, that just changed my whole mood. All right. <laughs> I'll take that. that. That makes me feel good about everything now. But thank you guys for listening. We will catch you again. Harris and I will be on next Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday night we'll be recording. So it'll be a Thursday slate. We look forward to talking to you guys again. Let's go out there and take down some tournaments. 